This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, December 4th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. As we once again mark the end of Prohibition this repeal day, there are places in the country where the legacy of Prohibition lives on. In Pennsylvania, incoherent alcohol laws managed to waste resources of customers, retailers, producers, and even the police. Bob Dick is with the Commonwealth Foundation in Pennsylvania. At the State Policy Network annual meeting in Grand Rapids, we spoke about the Keystone State's ridiculous alcohol laws. In the two commonwealths in which I've lived, Kentucky, where liquor is a fairly powerful uh, interest group, I had generally few complaints about uh, access to products that I wanted to buy. But Virginia, of course, all the stores are state-owned, and uh, they are the sole purchaser of uh, liquor for sale to both individuals and restaurants. And in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, uh, it seems to actually be worse than it is in Virginia. So w- would you say that Virgin- uh, Pennsylvania has a, perhaps the worst system for uh, allowing adults to buy liquor? I would say so. If not the worst, the worst. And uh, if you look at uh, certain laws, for example, uh, in Pennsylvania, if you are a consumer and you want to buy uh, a bottle of wine or a six-pack, go to New Jersey and Delaware to pick it up, bring it back to Pennsylvania. That's actually illegal, although people will do it anyway because either you know they don't know or they don't care. Um, they go to these states and, and pick up their alcohol because the current system in Pennsylvania is not effectively serving them well. But if just in that instance, when somebody comes back across the border with some liquor and some beer to uh, you know, take care of a party or something that they're that they're having. Do people get arrested for that? A couple of years ago, they actually had sting operations, and they would sit the state police uh, on the border. I believe it was between Delaware and uh, Pennsylvania, and wait for people to go buy alcohol in the state in Delaware and bring it back, and then they would get a fine. I don't think there was anything like prison time, but like you know, it's uh, we were talking earlier. It's a waste of resources for the you know police officers to be dealing with this. They have more important things to do, and actual crime to stop. But that's just one example of uh, the the silly laws in the state. So, what evidence is there that uh, people are shifting their consumption? or their purchases out of state? And in fact, that's a good question, because the PLCB, the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board, which is uh, the system that oversees uh, the, the liquor system in the state, actually came up with a study and found that uh, border bleed, which is people going across to Delaware and New Jersey, uh, it's estimated to be $180 million. So all that money's flowing out to the state, and they're bringing it back in to Pennsylvania, because again, the system is not effectively serving them well. I- explain why, uh, when you purchase beer in Pennsylvania that you can either buy a case or two six-packs. This is just another one of the silly laws. Um, If you want to go into a beer distributor to buy a six-pack, you're not going to find one there. Beer distributors are actually prevented from selling six-packs. They can only sell cases, uh, 12-packs, or kegs. If you want a six-pack, you have to go to a restaurant, you have to go to a tavern, and even then, you can only buy two six-packs at a time. So if you want three six-packs, you've got to go out to your car, put it in your car, come back and get a, a third six-pack. I mean, what is the stated purpose of doing that? I think it goes back to the original purpose of this entire system. And Governor, um, during the time of Prohibition, uh, once Prohibition ended, his goal, he said, was to make the buying of alcohol as inconvenient as possible. And uh, I would say there are many libertarians who say government can't do anything well. Well, I would disagree. They can make alcohol expensive and they can make it inefficient to buy, especially in the state of Pennsylvania. They do a pretty good job at that. What kind of situation does this place consumers and restaurants in? Uh, state, there's a state monopoly, and the government controls both the wholesale and the retail side 
of a wine and liquor sales. And this brings a number of problems with it. And if I could just uh, talk about one example, this was um, from testimony about the PLCB, one of the entrepreneurs who deal with the system every day. This is what he had to go through. He said, there have been many times when a several thousand dollar invoice of mine is at 120 days past due, and we have not heard anything from the PLCB about why we have not been paid, only to go to the store ourselves, they threw piles of old canceled wine that has been sitting in non-temperature controlled room, and discover an order of hours that was supposed to be returned back to us months ago. So this is the system we're dealing with. This is what entrepreneurs have to deal with. Inter as producers. Yes. And... Keep in mind, it's hard enough to run a business. You don't want to have to be dealing with this bureaucracy that is mismanaging your products. That's just not fair to them. So, what kind of recourse do businesses have when their deal, their their sole purchaser is the state? Well, that's another good point because they actually there's a listing period. There's two listing periods. So, if you want your product on state store shelves, you have to file a um, a petition with the state or a, a product listing proposal with the state. And again, this is only twice a year. And if they reject it, you're out of luck. There are 605 stores in Pennsylvania. This is for 12.7 million people. So it's about one store for every 21,000 people, which is well above the average. And uh, even once the state says to the producer of a, a wine or a liquor, uh, your product's not going to be on state store shelves, uh, even in the limited number of stores, your product's not going to be able to be available for the people, uh, the 12.7 million people in Pennsylvania. And again, that's not fair to them. With respect to store location, I've always suspected, living in Virginia, that the state has this tremendous opportunity to create economies for people who shop at the other stores next to the state-run liquor store, and that those location decisions could potentially give rise to some pretty uh, serious uh, horse trading, let's say, between uh, people who own strip malls and the state, or people who work should be working for the state. And that's always one of the problems with government deciding uh, these sorts of uh, decisions, because what happens is uh, they'll say, okay, this particular store will be in this area, and then, like you said, there could be political horse trading for that if there's a, a senator, a powerful senator, a powerful representative, and they push for the PLCB to put that store in their district. They may not necessarily need it. Again, these decisions are based on politics instead of what the market is uh, dictating. And there have been cases of uh, liquor stores either being put near strip malls or actually inside grocers as a, a, a way to modernize the system, but that's really been a failure up to this point. Virginia's former governor ran on a platform of uh, shutting down the state-run monopoly for liquor stores, privatizing liquor stores. So in Pennsylvania, what are the realistic political options for uh, getting the state out of the way when it comes to people who just want to buy that product? Well, as it stands right now, Governor Wolf, who is uh, a Democrat, was elected in, in 2014. He is against privatizing the state stores. He actually offered a, a so-called compromise proposal in order to um, break the budget impasse that we have in Pennsylvania right now. And what it would do is just turn the system over to a private operator. And that's what his proposal is. That's what he thinks is a compromise. But that's not true privatization. It's not going to offer choice. It's not going to offer convenience to consumers. It's just going to turn the government-run monopoly to a private-run monopoly. And so uh, I, I would hope that he would uh, agree with the Republicans in both the Senate and the House, who actually sent him a privatization proposal. That was the first time in the history since the system was implemented back in, uh, after, well, after Prohibition, that the governor had a chance to end the system, and he fortunately vetoed it. But 
uh, hopefully this will be part of a, a, a larger uh, uh, it'll be a trading chip in order to, to break this budget impasse. So th- but so this is definitely coming back over and over. Yes, until this it gets is done. this is not going away. This issue is not going away. So uh, before we started recording, you were talking about grocery stores selling beer and it's their sort of unique position in doing so, and they have to jump through a bunch of ridiculous hoops even to sell beer. Right. So they have to get what's called an R license or a restaurant license. And uh, in order for them to acquire this license, they have to do uh, a number of things. First, have to have a separate area for actually uh, ringing up the beer. Uh, aside from you know where you would normally check out your groceries, they have to have a separate area for just beer. And also, they have to put in a 30 seats as a requirement to be a restaurant, so you can come in and sit down. And again, this is just another hoop that businesses have to jump through in order to offer more convenience to consumers. And so, 30 seats, and, that, and grocery stores don't necessarily care about being a restaurant. Right. And this could be... Uh, costly for them if they do decide that they want to uh, sell alcohol. And again, that could be, they feel if it gives them a competitive advantage, they may do it. But again, it's a hoop that, it's an unnecessary hoop that they have to jump through. Bob Dick is a policy analyst at the Commonwealth Foundation. Learn more about the lessons of the failed experiment known as prohibition at our website, cato.org.